0: on a journey of discovery in the food and booze world. I'm your host, Nick Sherry. And this week, it is about booze. It's a very special week. And no, I'm not talking about Shark Week. It is Negroni Week, folks. All around the world this week, where you can drink a Negroni all for charity. I'm very pumped. It's a bonus episode, and I'm very excited to be sitting down with our two guests today, two incredible women in the booze industry here in the United States, Anne-Louise Marquis, the National Portfolio Brand Ambassador for Campari America, and Tiffany Barrier. She's the bartender's bartender, an influencer and educator, and you can find More about what she has been up to at thedrinkingcoach.com. And for more information about Negroni Week, go to negroniweek.com and you can see all the venues that are participating and the charities that are involved as well. So it's Negroni Week. Okay, here we are, guys. Um, Tiffany Barrier and... And Louise Marquis, thank you so much for joining me this week. It's a very special week. It's probably not quite on par with Christmas, I would say. That's probably stretching it too far. But (laughs) Negroni week and then Christmas, it's, you know, they're pretty close to each other.
1: It's like cocktail Christmas. Ooh, I like it.
0: Cocktail Christmas. It's beautiful. Cocktail
2: Christmas. Yeah. So So many good
0: events. Um, now I, I I usually kick off. I, I know we we are here to talk about um, the the beautiful cocktail, the, the Negroni, and Negroni Week itself. But I do kick things off by asking the guests what they actually cook for themselves um, recently. So, what was the last thing you actually prepared for yourself?
1: Okay, I'll start because Stephanie is making a face because I think she's trying to remember. So, I cook all the time. I basically don't go out except for this week because it's Negroni week. I'm making an exception, but I'm trying Mm -hmm. to stay safe during COVID. And so I cook a lot. So, but I cook every day. I cook oatmeal, um, which becomes much more complicated than it should because I make steel cut oatmeal. Uh, So it's a, it's a two-step process. It's an overnight, it's not overnight oats, but it's like an overnight parboil. And then I do oatmeal and then I top it with fresh berries and a blend flax seeds and, um, chia seeds and maple syrup.
0: Look at that. That's what I made. Delightful. Well, so how about you, two, man? Um,
2: The last thing I made myself was breakfast. I have my own like breakfast bowl. I take arugula, a little bit of lemon and olive oil. And then I top that with uh, sliced tomatoes, oregano, salt and pepper, an egg over medium and two pan sausages.
0: Oh, Look at that!
2: Like it's a breakfast salad, and I I want salad for breakfast, which is I hope
0: it's normal. But arugula goes a long way when it's good and fresh, and in the, the morning feels great. I love it. I love it. Well, um, Tiffany, we, we we should start with you, um, and just to kind of you know in, introduce yourself. I mean, I I've your your resume is is it's long. There, there's there's a lot of experience on there, and I, I guess the one thing that really sticks out to me is that you you are a you are an educator and you are a drinking coach, but, um, tell me, you know, tell me about your background in, in coming up in, in the industry.
2: Um, yeah, I landed here. It did. I did not choose it. It, it chose me. It just came so natural. I come from a drinking family outside of Lafayette, Louisiana and up in Houston. Um, we constantly party. Everything's always communal with cocktails and food. I just seemed like, you know, this is natural. And once I got, um, out of college and, people start to say, you need to get a real job. I didn't understand what that meant because I thought I'm not, this is a real job for me. <laughs> um, so I had bartended very young in age, every, I only had, I've only had four real jobs in my entire life. They've all been at the bar, mm-hmm. um, casual dining to steakhouse, to fine dining, it's just bar extravaganza. And it's just been, um, every time I hit a, a new uh, platform, um, I'm just, Excited to see how many people love to have cocktails and have great conversation and nerd out on different flavor profiles. So I've just kind of grown in that um, area for some time. Uh, 2006, I worked for a amazing restaurant called One the South here in Atlanta, Georgia. We were the uh, we were a craft bar and restaurant inside of the airport. Um, just yesterday, again, Atlanta's airport is the number one airport to travel in in the world. Yeah, it is. 20 years in raining, Atlanta, Georgia wins the best airport in the world. (laughs) And as much people want to talk about how horrible that place is, listen, we're better than a lot of other airports because of how we love to execute. And I have the nerve to operate the number one restaurant bar in that airport. So it was bananas. (laughs) Um, The impact, the influence, but all in all, the hospitality that we could offer people while travel was mind blowing. So, I, I would go back a day, any day of the week and feel that experience and I've taken that connection with uh, dealing with international travelers travelers and um, American travelers and now connected that to education and consulting just on a whole other, whole nother way, um, really sharing stories the other narrative and really talking about what impact it does take to go into a cocktail not just the science of it but the actual labor and the cultures that go into it—that's what the coach does. She uh, she teaches. She drinks with you. Because <laughs> why would I not?
0: Uh, and and have some fun, of course. Uh, I love it. I love it. And Anne Louise, I kind of feel like, yeah. like I, I kind of feel like that you're the most official person um, with, with us today because you are the you, you you're the North American. Uh, I'm
1: the, I'm the, just the USA. So I, USA. I cover the United States. I'm the, I'm the brand ambassador for the Campari America portfolio.
0: Look at that. Say very official. I love it.
1: It's, it's, a, it's, a, the title's too long, but like, it's hard to explain. It's not even hard to explain what I do anyway. Uh, but yeah. Okay. But I'm going to say quickly to say about Tiffany, I have to tell you, so I travel or I used to travel a lot. And I am in a kind of group of bartenders and and bartenders turned um, brand ambassadors. And we would all fly through Atlanta on purpose and get extra long layovers in order to go to her bar. It was the only only cocktail bar in any airport in the world that we would fly through. And we would like plan it, look forward to it, like plan our gates. I have (laughs) sprinted through that airport in order to have enough time to have a drink at your bar (laughs) with your incredible team. That was like, I and some of the best drinks I've ever had were sitting at that bar. So uh, she's, she couldn't possibly oversell herself.
0: I mean, if you were like, if you were running late for a flight, but you still wanted to kind of swing by the bar, was it like, what, what would be the go-to cocktail it's that you happened. could quickly, quickly mix up or quickly, you know, quickly pour out? Like what, what, what is that?
1: I mean, it's a Negroni, right? It's yeah. like, quick, here you go. Yeah. It's, or it's, or it's just a straight, you know, a glass oh, of something, yeah. a quick, a really quick one. But yeah, I mean, there's many times that I've like run through in a mad dash just to be able to sit <laughs> for a second and have it. It's like the most. It was the most civilized experience hmm. inside of just like
2: madness, yeah. you know, okay. um, pure chaos.
1: Yeah, pure chaos. And then you just sit there, like, oh, like,
2: real. Yeah. I was just there last week. It still exists. The place is still real. Um, but it's funny that it is Negroni week and we're speaking on it, but that was the number one cocktail to pour fast. Yeah. Right. When you're in chaos, what do you need? You need stirred and boozy with a beautiful color. Yeah. What else do you make? You make a Negroni.
0: <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, so Anne Louise, just, um, give us a bit of a, um, uh, an insight into your, your background and coming up through, um, sure. through the business.
1: Sure. So I um, my background, like a lot of people in this industry, I think is in theater. So I came up in the theater world um, wow. as a performer and director and producer. And I learned how to do a whole lot with a very little over the years doing that. And then I also was not necessarily super good at it. So (laughs) I ended up not booking a lot of stuff. So I needed a a second job and so I started bartending. Um, And through the process of finding the craft cocktail world, I blended those two things together. So um, blending the events and the the sense of theatricality with cocktails sort of started to become pop-ups and that led to a brand ambassador job um, that led to another brand ambassador job. And I've been at Campari for five years now. So I work on the whole portfolio. Um, so it's a little different than sort of a traditional brand ambassador who covers or sort of like embodies one brand and, and covers one territory. Mm-hmm. I work across the US and I, I cover the whole portfolio. So it's more of like a holistic approach um, to representing our company to bartenders.
0: Excellent, excellent. Yeah. That's
1: and- a, a long story short. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and um so negroni week negroni week let's um it started back in was it was a 20 i want to say 2013 is that correct
1: okay so i'm really bad at math but this is our ninth year, <laughs> ninth year. <laughs> so i think it was 2012
0: 2012
1: I
2: my fingers.
1: yeah <laughs> well next year will be 10 years and that'll be 2022 so yeah yeah okay. so it, yes yes yeah.
0: 2013. Perfect. But, but but the whole idea behind Negroni week was, you know, it wasn't just about, you know, going out and getting pissed and drinking Negronis. It was to uh, raise money for charities.
1: Yes. So there was a tornado that hit the Midwest and a group of bartenders in Portland um, wanted to raise money to support those communities. I think it was, I think it was in Kansas. Um, Forgive me. Mm -hmm. And, they wanted to raise some money, and they had this idea to let's let's team up, let's throw a party, and let's let's make it Negronis. Let's sell Negronis um, to, and then we'll donate a portion of our proceeds. And they teamed up with Imbibe Magazine, who is the who runs Negroni Week, yeah. um, and they turned it. They said, "Well, it's a great idea for you, for this small event, but let's make it big. Let's make it national. Let's make it have impact." And so Campari came on right away as the sponsor of that event. And that has become Negroni week around the world um, every year. And we've, we've raised millions of dollars. We've uh, happened in many, many different countries. um, And it's really exploded in the last nine years.
0: Yeah. I was looking into some of the, I I think it originally started with like maybe 120 participating venues or at least early on. Now it's up to like over 12,000 around the world, which is extraordinary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it it depends on the year. I think this year, you know, is a little different. Last year was really tough, obviously. Yeah. Um, but before COVID, yeah, we were seeing incredible numbers of engagement. Yeah. Um, and I know next year it's our tenth anniversary. We're gonna go really hard and, and get even more people.
0: I'm sure. With I mean, considering what everyone's been going through with the pandemic, the amount of takeaway negronis last year and this year are probably higher than ever. Because we call them
1: tagonis. Tagonis. Negroni tagonis. 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 Tiffany just put her head in her hands just- I love it
0: oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> I need
1: to narrate what's oh, happening I'm blown
2: that is
0: just it's so simple
1: mm-hmm. so and and then what was really cool about the Togonis and Negroni Tagoni is Meg Morehouse who owns Love and Victory who made that sweatshirt you are yeah. wearing right now people can't and see it but it says Negroni- is on only. your literally I just ordered it it's on the way um, so she created uh the Negroni Tagoni t-shirt that she used to raise money for bars and restaurants. Um, and then out of that, we created labels that people could print on demand um for any bar or restaurant to take for their takeaway drinks to label them when that was like really just starting and no one had any idea what was going on. So yeah, it definitely became its own style of thing. The other one would be the Negroni in a freezer. So you could do like a freezer Negroni, which is like a batch Negroni, mm-hmm. but you could just like pour it out as you go.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: It and- feels so good. So good. And Daniel does it, or my coworker does a, bull, a freezer Boulevardier. That's really his Ooh. favorite thing. Yeah.
0: I've got, a, I've got, I've got a, whole, a whole section to get to on, on variations of the Negroni, which I'm, which I'm looking forward to. Great. But if we, if we take it back to the, to the origins of the Negroni, when it was created, where it was created. Is it, is it safe to say that without the Americano, the Negroni would never exist?
1: Yeah. So we call it the Negroni family tree, um, which kind of gives a, vis- a visual for how to see the history of the Negroni as it moves from its origins into the, the original classic into all these variations that come out of it. So in the Negroni family tree, there's three drinks that create what we call the roots of the tree. So they're even below the... right. The, the trunk and yeah. the roots are so that when Campari was created um, Gaspari Campari knew that it was too it was too bitter to just enjoy just by itself most of the time He wanted to drink it lengthen it a little bit so he would add a little bit of soda water and this is right when soda water was invented and so soda water was like or like artificial soda water not like from a right anyway so he was he was adding soda water to Campari and that became the Campari Celts which is the first drink. So at the same time, as Campari was coming out, people were figuring out what to do with it. And they started to blend Campari, with, um, Campari from Milan with vermouth from Torino, Italian sweet vermouth. And so those two things together created the drink called the Milano Torino or called the Mito, depending on how you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So those two drinks were super, super popular. And then when American GIs came over during World War One they would taste the Mito and go, this is too bitter. I can't drink it. This is, it was not set for the American palate. And so American, so Italian bartenders would add soda water to the Mito and they called it the Americano. So kind of like in homage, but also kind of making fun of Americans, like, oh, let's make a drink for the Americans, (laughs) which is also why there's a coffee drink called the Americano because it was, the espresso was too bitter for Americans to drink. And so they added water to that Americano. So it's the same idea. So, yes, yeah, so you have those three drinks. So the soda water, the Campari seltz, and the Mito come together to make the Americano. And then in 1919, the Count Negroni went and sat at the bar at uh, Cafe Cassoni. He looked at his bartender, Fosco Scarcelli, and he said, make me an Americano. But instead of soda water, use gin. And that was the origin of the Negroni.
0: There we go. And he, and he was um, this, the, the count, was he French or was he Italian?
1: He was very Italian.
0: He was very Italian.
1: Uh, Camilo Luigi Manfredo
0: Negroni. Okay. Okay. And that is, and then, um, you know, I've been doing some, you know, really shitty internet research throughout the week just to find, you know, what. There's you know, a lot.
1: Yeah. There's what, a lot of misinformation. What, but yeah, cra- what, what crazy
0: think? stories are out there. Is it true that, of- that, the, that the Negroni family ended up having a distillery that still exists today? Or is that complete rubbish? Oh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Okay. I don't know. It yeah can, say that that doesn't sound that's never something i've heard about
0: yeah say but you know, internet it's just it's full of it's full of rubbish it's full of
1: there's rubbish. Uh, tiffany you probably come across this as well in terms of like history of cocktails on the internet mm-hmm. a lot a lot of differing opinions yeah yeah um there's
2: for one these are stories that are shared while drinking so let's just knock off <laughs> half of the truth here <laughs> Let's uh, just knock it out. Uh, I was actually speaking about another cocktail just yesterday in, in um, Manhattan, just people sharing that Winston Churchill's mother is the one who created it and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And she's at this ball drinking and she's drinking a Manhattan. And if you look at the date and the time, she's pregnant with him at that time. She could have been drinking a Manhattan, though. But it's like True. you know, move on. Um, so digging into that, is, digging into drink history, um, it's tough. Um, you can always guarantee there's a war nearby. Yeah. <laughs> something went something went down that's properly documented. You can go. Does that make sense? And I've actually heard that same story, Nick, about the distillery. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I.
0: I think I think one of my one of the favorite ones I came across was. That there was an yeah, you know, there was one of the earliest reports of 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 the drink in writing or something was, Orson Wells like writing something in you know, some correspondence to to a friend in yes. like 1947, and there was a quote that he said that, um, you know, when when talking about the drink called the Negroni, that the bitters are excellent for your liver, the gin is bad for you. They balance each they balance each other out. See, could could be rubbish, but. But, you know, there, there's something romantic about it, which, you know, I, I just want to hang on to.
1: Well, it definitely <laughs> you like where people were and their understanding of alcohol at that time, uh, that, that they felt that way. You know, a lot of these spirits started out as medicine. So, the, especially in Italy, um, and it, Italy is really known for their bitters. So, Amari, most Amari, like Averna or, or Braulio, started its life as a medicinal product right and then as more modern medicine showed up people stopped drinking that that as medicine but also continued to drink it because they liked it so there's a lot of stories about how or a lot of like perceptions or ideas about how a lot of our our bitters are have medicinal qualities but I mean they don't really (laughs) and we're also like not that's not a thing we can talk about it's not really a thing that's that's real
2: but they're delicious like that (laughs)
1: Just hope that we feel better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they raise the spirits, right? They, I mean,
0: it's always a, a lovely, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the 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 ingredients themselves, um, so like you know, your, your traditional Negroni is your vermouth, your um, amaro, amari, and your gin, a, a gin. It's, it's, it's pretty, I'd say it's pretty well known that when, when it comes to the, um, you know, the of the world and, and, and the Amaris and that sort of thing, how, you know, the, the origins stem from, from Italy or more specifically Northern Italy. Yeah. Um, but what about, what about yeah. gin? Like gin, where, you know, where are the origins stemming from that and how is that making its way so- into this, into the mix?
1: So it's an interesting thing and it's something we dug into and did a bunch of research on to figure this out. Um, one, I will say a Negroni building blocks are vermouth sweet vermouth. Generally you can go Bianco or you can go dry depending, but then there has to be Campari. So, um, definitely at the heart and then, and then, and then gin or another spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, so the gin we think is because the count had been a traveler. He'd been all around the world um, and he lived in the United States during the time of, of, kind of the cocktail, the, big, the first cocktail kind of era, the golden era, the Jerry Thomas and craft cocktails really began. And so, and also his mother was English. And so there's some idea that he'd both seen kind of craft cocktail culture happening in the United States before he'd come over, come, moved home to Italy, uh, and that he had probably been exposed to gin because of his mother being English and, and probably drinking it. So he, he knew he liked that gin and he had this idea to put them all together. It's really radical. The, the, the Italians, like, it's so funny. The Italians do not innovate. The Italians perfect. Yeah. So the Italians have, you know, two cocktails they are known for, the Negroni and the Spritz. You don't really change them, um, but but they're delicious. Like the Italian Pomodoro is Italian Pomodoro. And if you make a riff on Pomodoro, they're like, this is not Pomodoro. Mm-hmm. So the Italians really love these kind of classic, simple recipes, which are always honestly the most delicious. And so it was pretty audacious to add gin to this drink at the time. It probably was a pretty wild thing to do, um, but it turned out to be a success and, and became a classic.
0: And then, I mean, back back in, you know, so we're talking like 1919, so the, the, the gin... Of the time back then, are we talking about? Is this all? I mean, the majority coming from the UK is that where it's kind of stemming from, or probably, a, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: that was. I mean, that's who was making a ton of gin back then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, you mentioned, you know, the, the I mean, the, the Italians. Then, if if we get into talking about like variations of, um, the Negroni, um, there must be some. Pretty angry Italians out there, considering how creative people have been getting with variations of of, um, of the Negroni. And I mean, you mentioned the uh, a Boulevardier earlier, which is just subbing in it's subbing in whiskey for the gin, right?
1: Subbing in bourbon.
0: Oh, just subbing in bourbon. Um, I came across. Well, I mean, my I think my favorite these days is um, subbing in mezcal for yeah.
1: the gin. That's that's also Tiffany's favorite. Look at her face.
0: <laughs> ah,
2: yeah. yes.
0: Talk t- talk me through your, your 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 mezcal Negroni, Tiffany.
2: I mean, there's much, nothing much to say. You gotta compliment the Campari. That was my that was my goal when I first um, was introduced to a Negroni. Crushing them, serving them. It, we were just it was the it thing to do. And um, for my program, I wanted to share my love of. I don't even think comprise bitter. I actually didn't think it's sweet, but I hate people's uh, fear of bitter, 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 but I wanted to compliment it by adding something, another another agent versus botanicals and spice. Let's get into smoke and um, drop mezcal in it instantly. And another love, you know, another love happened. And when I started to serve it to people, everyone was just really able somehow to navigate through the mezcal Negroni a little bit more than they were the gin, the classic gin um, Negroni. And I, I just find that very exciting because they both have distinguished flavors, but it also shows you what Campari does to different spirits. And it either uh, tones it, either hugs it, or it either enhances. it. They, they just... Uh-huh. Dances. and so mezcal migroney is always going to go to i i wish i could see i was the first one to do it but i was in the trend of it at the bars and uh shared it to a local dive bar here in atlanta and they still to this day uh barrel it serve it like they know when we walk in <laughs> there's there's mezcal migroney's i'm um, in the corner it's just it's, it's truly a conversation piece it's truly a, a worldwide uh, combination of flavor and um, delightful.
0: And if we're, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about just, just the traditional Negroni for a second, is there, is there still a bit of a divide between, say, the absolute traditionalist who's like, it has to be one part Campari, one part sweet vermouth, one part gin, because, because I mean, like you said, like, you know, you find Campari to be a bit more sweet because everyone's palate is different. You know, everyone's going to taste something in a different way. Is there still a bit of a divide between someone's like, no, it has to be all equal parts or, you know, are people being a bit more forgiving? It's like, look, you know, I'm going to put a, put a bit more gin in or I'm going to put a bit more vermouth in it. Do you yeah, have a pe-
2: deal it? Yeah. People, the final, it we'll it will keep going. It's the chicken and the egg. Like people are going to argue classic forever I think what people take away um, and get a little fussy with is that they think they have the ingredient of got comply, got gin, and then they lose this whole vermouth idea because they don't understand that that vermouth also plays an extremely, extremely large part to this cocktail. So um, the portions can definitely change. You've got folks that want to put the Cadillac of vermouths inside, and it's like, this is supposed to be a balanced cocktail. So you need to really um, I suggest, sorry, I so said you need to. I suggest you really think about the products that you're using. Is the gin, you know, um, citrus forward? Is it, you know, heavy in the juniper? Is it old tom? Like, what are you really wanting your Negroni to come out as? Don't forget to start here. It needs to be Gumpari. So if you are going to use said gin, you need to understand what the vermouth does that does to that as well. Some vermouths are covered in, um, herbs some are covered in a, a sweetener another agent some are not even supposed to be in a cocktail so <laughs> it's really a balance when you figure that out you realize it may be three-quarter one ounce three-quarter it may be you know you, you have to really balance it out but that is to me I think that's advanced because as simple as we think the Negroni is it's actually not that simple you really have to be cognizant
0: of the other two ingredients beyond the Campari. um yeah like it's it, it, yeah. it's it seems like it's something that you can for something that on the page seems so simple i think you can easily screw it up oh can you oh <laughs> yes
2: you can okay
1: <laughs> this is the thing okay i will say so okay i was laughing as you were saying that because my we we used to joke we were going to have a competition called screw up my negroni Because even if you have a bad Negroni, it's still pretty good. Like if you like, you know, you go to like a dive bar and they like shake it and they use like kind of crappy vermouth that's been sitting on the back. bar. Like even then it's still pretty good. Like it's one of those drinks that's like, but, and that, but that's in the like a little bit more spacious attitude. I do think, I do think that we've also like done we've done this, this deep dive into like getting things really historically accurate, but also we need to remember that people have different palates mm. and skew different ways. So like, yes, absolutely. Adapt your Negroni, however you want to, to make it taste right to you, but then don't be like a jerk about that recipe. You know, like people do that. They're like, well, mine is this one and this is the right way. I'm like, oh man.
2: Okay. Negative. Um, <laughs> um, I've had some, I've had some not properly executed ones, but they were definitely, they could go down. Um, like it being shaken, or someone saying, "I put orange juice in mine," and it's like, "Oh, you know." Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> at that point, you just want all those, all three ingredients in there. Is there going to be this, this, and yeah. this, <laughs> and then it gets you know a, a bit strange.
1: But- and I would be remiss if I did not. Just champion Daniel Warlow's message of put your vermouth in the fridge. Mm. So if you're listening to this and you you know you're just getting you're just making an Nergoni for the first time or just starting to get understanding of spirits, vermouth is an aromatized wine, so it goes bad. So it's only going to last two to three months once you open that bottle. So it will keep longer if you put it in the fridge.
2: Uh, so yeah, please, we yeah. have these chains that said that because we were like, please uh please put it in the fridge my girlfriend is not in the industry um she's far from this industry and she begs for that shirt every two weeks uh, can we get the shirt yet to say put your birthday in the fridge and now when she goes out with friends she looks and she'll just text me a picture and go you should just it's not in the fridge and i'm like i (laughs) know put it in the fridge everyone it's wine
0: I think I've got like about six open bottles of vermouth in the fridge in the garage that have been in there for a while. I probably need to do a bit yeah. of a stock. I think. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but quickly on, on on the on the shaken. Uh, so I've never had a an shaken, and I hope and I hope you never do because what 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 is actually what is happening to the alcohol when you are shaking that booze? Is it just like what? What 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 does it do to the flavor?
2: It's making me alcohol sad. <laughs> it, it doesn't want to be shaken. It doesn't want to be shaken at all. It wants to be um, held in and have a chance to yeah. be held gently, caressed. You know, talked to smoothly. Because when you shake it, it loses some of what it is. It's gotten a little too much water inside of it. We have definitely taken each ingredient into an entirely different galaxy um, because dilution does that. We love dilution, don't get me wrong. We, we need dilution, but sometimes we just don't need it microwave. We need it to be just <laughs> low and low. And when those spirits see um, agitation together, um, they're sad.
1: Yeah, you lose, when you shake, you aerate. Um, So you're gonna add more air. It's gonna be a little bit of like a a bigger drink but you're gonna add more water to it. You're gonna potentially add ice chips and sort of like broken up pieces of ice into your drink. Mm. Um, And Mm. when you stir, you kind of like like Tiffany's saying, you give it this harmonious integration and you let that texture stay really velvety, which is what you want when you drink a Negroni. You want your Negroni to have like that really beautiful kind of like lovely mouthfeel that creaminess almost on the palate, um, as it, you know, as it, as you sip it versus kind of that bright aerated, like, you know, something you'd want for something like a margarita, you don't want a flat margarita. You want a, a aerated margarita, but for the Negroni, it's the opposite. You want something that has a nice weight to it. Um, we just like to say, you know, you wouldn't shake a baby.
0: <laughs> wouldn't shake. Why shake your Negroni. Yeah. Yeah. Um- <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to say i'm not um, so the the message here is do not shake your negroni or you will go to prison
1: you'll go to tiffany jail (laughs) no i mean if you do like we're all learning and like it's all a process and there is a campari drink called the shakerado which is just just two ounces of campari shaken super hard mm. and that's really fun because then it's like a really aerated whipped almost drink that's like really that you want that dilution you want those ice chips and that drink is delicious because that's what that's trying to be the Negroni's trying to integrate that sweet vermouth that campari that gin or whatever to give you that nice heavy mouth feel
0: and when when do you think when do you think the negroni kind of was elevated to the status that it that it has today. Like what what was you know what was um you know what made it so popular? Because I mean these days, I mean ever since Stanley Tucci put that bloody video on the internet of him making his Negroni, it's like hang on a second. It was way popular before Stanley Tucci did that, and yeah. and he served his up, and I, I like mine on you know on ice. So that's you know that, oh, that, you're correct. That, that's a whole yeah. other story, but. What, what was it that, you know, that kind of, you know, took, took the cocktail into the, you know, the, the modern age, would you say?
2: Tiffany, do you have thoughts on this? Um, it could be my entire opinion. Um, I That's honestly, good. I, yeah. I feel that um, our palates, as they do, they evolve and uh, we mature a little bit in our palate. Um, definitely um, Americans. We definitely get bored quickly and we love trends. And so all of a sudden, the Negroni, which has been made across bars for years, we're starting to see the consumer and the bartender. The bartender's for one, is educated more um, on Amaro's and uh, different flavor profiles. Um, So we start to love it. And so we make our guests love it because we want to conform them into the education we know, the style that we know, the story that we know. Um, and so we're maturing our palate there. Um, bitter is not um, a top profile in the mouth that we're excited about. It's sweet and salty, um, unami, spicy, and then it's like, oh, bitter, oh my, you know, it just, <laughs> bitter has a, a, such a negative connection. Yeah, when it's balanced, you know, you you feel like you've done, you know, you've made a move, you play played a chess move, like, I like Campari, and we're like, oh, you know, <laughs> I like bitter, oh, you know, and, and, and so the trend of being able to handle that profile made you look like a badass, a boss, not only did it taste great, it feels really good after how many you like to have, so I think <laughs> really exciting. Um, I blame it on the bartenders. We made it popular because education was very important. When the word craft came out, you know, 2004 and 5, it wasn't just seen, you know, in large cities. It was starting to be seen all over the the world. And bartenders wanted to be more than just the bartender. We wanted to be this crafty and well-educated human behind the bar that can serve multiple, multiple, Profiles. The um, Negroni stands tough um, next to the Trinidad Sour. That is going to give you a good story. I mean, a palate pleaser, but you got to be a big boss to handle that um, and a good understanding of the maturity in the mouth. <laughs> I don't know how that came out, but that's how I feel. <laughs>
1: I love it. As you're saying it, you're starting to laugh. Like it's just, it's like, <laughs> I just said that on a podcast. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that American palates have changed dramatically in the last 20 years or now it's 30 years as the slow food mit- movement has happened, as we've become aware and kind of moving away from better living through chemistry and moving into knowing what's in your food, understanding where food comes from, understanding where flavor comes from and starting to eat things like arugula. Um, salad, uh, things like cress, um, or things that have some bitterness to them, and then the explosion of coffee in the U.S. in the '90s, early 2000s, as like everyone started drinking espresso. Before that, everyone just drank like really bad coffee. Yeah. And you know, if you think of like instant coffee, like you know, quick, you know, in the can, in those metal cans, like, and now people are more um, open to drinking bitter things, like like coffee without cream in it and so that led to people being more open to bitter flavors like hoppy ipas um, things like like beers that brought people into that bitter space and then the the negroni showed up it's sort of the perfect moment um, of the, that intersection of the craft cocktail scene exploding bartenders traveling and going to italy and learning like us getting out of our heads and being like america's the best place ever like going and traveling and learning about drinking traditions in other countries and bringing those back to the United States to say like aperitivo is way better than happy hour. You know, like <laughs> let's celebrate the beginning of the night rather than the end of the day. You know, let's drink a good quality drink and a, and like a delicious snack versus like a, you know, a well drink and a something deep fried. So there was a lot of factors all kind of happening all at the same moment. And then Negroni was like right at right there and it was ready to go. Um and then I credit Negroni Week a lot with getting people out and drinking Negroni's. I think bartenders led the way and Negroni Week helped them share that drink with so many people around the world.
0: And what are mm-hmm. your I mean, we're we're over halfway into Negroni Week. Um
1: the last day um, of my week. It ends okay. tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what, what do you what do you have uh, what do you have planned for the for the rest of the Negroni week
1: so i'm on tour so i um i decided this year to visit a bunch of places doing negronis um and go on a little road trip so we started in san diego um did the, just a bunch of bars down there all participating in negroni week um then we went to los angeles did the same thing um the next night we were in Santa Barbara tonight or last night I was in San Francisco um and then tonight we're going to be in Sacramento so just trying to get out and support everyone supporting Negroni Week and supporting these great causes raising money for like incredible charities and not for profits um and also just trying to like help support bars and restaurants right now you yeah. know the last year has been so so i cannot understate how horrible it's been for people who own small businesses and the the like the one-two punch of things kind of coming back and then just getting knocked down again has been really tough here. So just trying to get out and support Negroni's wherever I can. What about you, Tiffany? What are you doing for Negroni week?
2: Um, my ex, I-, I love to see the creativity of my friends. I, I oh, it never gets boring to walk into a friend's bar and see their spin, their idea, their creativity on the Negroni. It's just really, really exciting. It's already usually happening during the year, but this week specifically the part right across the street that I'll be walking to shortly.
0: I mean, the (laughs)
2: ideas that they bring about, I'm just like, well, look, it makes me feel like an OG. I'm like, I would have never thought that. And and just like we were talking earlier this week about tropical flavors and seeing coffee and, and, um, and white Negronis, just seeing every part of and Instagram, that is. <laughs> Everyone share their cultural background, um, what's readily available in their area, and make a Negroni out of it. Um, and it's just for a great cause and some brag rights to show yeah. your creativity um, on the spirit. So I, I just love drinking them and liking them on Instagram and being, you know, heart emojis. It's really, really exciting to see. And it's honestly the only... We have a lot of things we do in this community together, but this week really shows a lot of unity. You. It, you just, it's just not your neck of the woods. It's everyone. I mean, you can hit that hashtag right now and be like, what just happened? And we feel so connected. I don't see uh, any other thing um, for the industry that happens that quickly. In seven days. I just, I just have it besides a conference and you can still, it dies down in a few days. growing week is solid. And it's full of education, which is what I like.
0: Yeah.
2: better. It tastes better. Like it just, it works.
1: Tiffany created a really beautiful Negroni for us this year for Campari. Um, would you mind sharing what you did? Is, is that yeah. okay? Can yeah, I like? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to like hijack you your that, podcast, that. but no. Yeah. To say like one of the ways that we that she's celebrating and, and one of the you know we we asked her to to create a special Negroni for us um, with a bunch of bartenders from around the world. Um, so different countries nominated different people, and, and we nominated Tiffany oh, to amazing. create. Yeah. Oh, we love you. We're fan girl. The, like, the world. I like the world.
2: That's a heavy one, um, and I was going to make it, but I told you everything was at the door, right? It was at the door. Um, <laughs> was the door. We'll share that story later offline, but I um, I love hibiscus. I think hibiscus, hibiscus flower is just stunning, um, and the fact that it comes from West Africa touches my heart even more. Um, and it coming to America just did not come on a fluke. It came in the pockets of um, the slaves that came over. Um, I say it so nicely, the slaves that came over, the slaves that had to be brought over Mm. um, in the early 1600s. They had a few things that they were able to carry over into this country, and the hibiscus flower was one of them. The hibiscus flower was only shared amongst them, though. Of course, they were servants and slaves to masters that were not Black, but so they never served this tea, this flower to anyone else but themselves. And so um, the richness in that red and in that flower and in that, that, that flavor was really, really important and special and bold um, and valued into the Black community. And it has been since I, I, before time, 1500s, maybe even before that, this flower has grown. And so the fact that they were able to grow that flower on the East Coast here in the States is just so valuable to me. Um, Every year, the red drink is always celebrated um, around Juneteenth, which is a new celebration for the Black community. But that red drink is seen all of the time um, in our homes. It's always like a red drink in the house. So when I was asked this uh, year to put my spin on the Negroni, as much as I wanted to show like my big guns of all the spirits I can Incorporate and just barner it out. I wanted to bring some homage to what I really think America um, uh, represents, especially in this current climate, is multicultural, especially especially the Black culture and the Hispanic culture, um, which that flower is also native to this Hispanic culture as well um, and Middle Eastern and uh, multiple cultures. It is, but I wanted to showcase all of what America does um, in a color of passion beyond. This color red, and so <laughs> I used um, the hibiscus flower in some gem. Oh, and wow, look
0: how dark that's
2: Really dark. It's
0: incredible. Beautiful. So
2: dark. I let it sit for 24 hours. Um, if I would let it sit darker, longer, it would look much darker. But I didn't want it to be too bitter because hibiscus can be quite tannin um, and dry. So we just add another botanical to. Um, a very uh, citrus foliage gin to bring um, some beautiful floral notes that complement the compote perfectly, and uh, 1757 vermouth, which isn't too sweet, not too herby and it was just magic. Um, um, infusions are just so important um, to the community, but also just that's what it's all about. Um, infusions being so medicinal. Um, not all alcohol tasted well. And like, and we said earlier, we were not drinking this for uh, fun. We were drinking this to feel better. And so, an infusion is just so important for healing. And we are the healers as bartenders. And so, that was the whole love story of, of value and trust this week for my Negroni. Always some passion and a few tears I can pull out and some good flavor. Some hibiscus for life. It goes so well. <laughs>
0: That is, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And I, I tell you, I I feel better after speaking to both of you today. (laughs) I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to take on the Friday. I'm heading up to Thunderbolt in LA today to have a, to have a Negroni. Um, but thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedules. This has been, this is actually a bonus episode of the dish Big for Negroni week. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I can't wait to, to have a Negroni with you in person one day. I
2: know. We should wear our shirts together too. We'll wear matching shirts. I
0: We're going to
2: wear matching shirts. We're we'll
0: going to be in band. All <laughs> right, guys, you stay safe and happy Negroni week.
2: Thanks
1: for happy having Negroni us on.